Welcome to the Body Aware Living podcast. I'm Margot Rose, author of Body Aware Grieving, a fitness trainer's guide to caring for your health during sad times. And we're here to talk with kind and wise people from around the world. We're looking for practical ways to get through difficult challenges and to celebrate our accomplishments. And today we're gonna have just a wonderful, charming, incredibly wise uh, woman to be talking with. Steph Johnson, can you just give a little tiny information about the amazing work that you're doing? Sure. So my name is Steph Johnson and I am the CEO, creative director and co-founder of Voices of Our City Choir, which is a choir I started in 2016 for people experiencing homelessness in San Diego. We use music as the medium to build real bonds and friendship that have led to like 85 people moving off the street, a full network of support. It's a beautiful choir. It's a beautiful transformational project. And I'm so happy to be, I'm honored to be a part of, of it and be the director of it. It's amazing. I mean, the, that part of the story alone is so fascinating that you just sort of started off just because you're a singer. Um, you're a singer, you're, you and your husband are in a jazz. What, what's the name of your band with your, you and your husband? Um, you know, I just uh, performed a lot under my name, Steph Johnson, and um, my husband, Rob Thorson. If, if it's Rob's gig, then it's Rob's band. If it's my gig, it's the Steph band. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were playing a lot and performing, and that's how I got a lot of um, real creative uh, work experience. You know, I wrote my own songs, did a lot of gigs. And, and then, yeah. And you, you, I want to get to how we met and some of that story because it's amazing. But just for people to really understand that you you just took your guitar down to some of the homeless. I mean, okay, you, first of all, you don't refer to people, you refer to people as being unsheltered and not homeless. Is that accurate? Yes, yes. So okay, that's, that's a respectful distinction to just refer to people however they want, however, whatever is they most request. And the reason why is because when we just put everybody into a category, the homeless, it kind of perpetuates this um, narrative and this thinking and all of that complicates the work that needs to be done. We need to see the individual. Every one of us is an individual. Yeah. So we, you know, know folks names and we know uh, more about them as an individual, but we, we do like to say um, our, our unsheltered neighbor or the uh, someone experiencing homelessness as opposed to the homeless. That's that that distinction sounds much more temporary and uh, it makes so much sense. And so you you just sort of took your guitar and went down to go hang out with people and keep them company and sing some favorite songs. And and the because yeah. you have a huge nonprofit organization now with a huge reach in part. And we want to get to this because you took your you went from you with a guitar like decided to go cheer up and connect with some people who were who were nearby and and ready yeah. to sing with you and it went from that to right before we right after we met you were getting ready to go on uh, America's Got Talent like one yeah. of the biggest shows on NBC and you guys yeah. got the I'll have to link the video to this you guys performing yeah. as a choir on one of the you know amazing show NBC and you guys get the golden buzzer and yeah. everyone's ecstatic. I, I can't see it without crying. I mean, I'll Me have either. to, I, I, over and over again. How many, <laughs> it's just so, so moving. So yeah, so I, I started this um, outreach where I wanted to really get to know the people that were living unsheltered in my neighborhood. Um, I felt a kinship because of my own childhood. Mm -hmm. um, situation, circumstances are out of our control. 
And when I first started the choir, I was educating myself, going to city council meetings, going to any community meeting and learning that the current approach was to put people in jail. People who, and, and as we all know, the cost of living has gone up, wages have not matched that. Um, you know, there's systemic racism, there's all sorts of things like, uh, you know, healthcare, like there's so many things that have um, made it really, really hard to get out of homelessness without an advocate. It's pretty much impossible. You're suffering PTSD, trauma every day. Um, you're uh, trying to survive. And so I just really felt, um, I, I knew that they didn't have a voice. And I knew that because during outreach that I did one day, one of the many days, I met a gentleman who invited me into his tent and he said what was going on in his life. And I was pretty green in the beginning. You know, I was like going to city council meetings and I was angry. You know, I was, I was like fed up that this is, this was our, people say band-aid approach, but um, really inhumane, unjust approach. So I um, was sitting in his tent and he was telling me what was going on in his life. And I said, come on. I said, well, I'll stand with you. I said, let's revolt. You know, let's march down the street together. Let's, and he just looked at me and just was like, it doesn't matter because we don't have a voice. Mm. And that just so echoed in my brain. Right. And then the next day I met a woman um, who, you know, meeting as a creative singer to singer. She was also a singer. Pretty much everybody has a creative piece to them. So that's how we're bonding. Right. And she said, oh, you're a singer? She said, Google my name. And so I Googled her name and she had been singing in a choir in like Atlanta or, or uh, some other state. And I was like, wow, uh, a choir for people that are so separated by the experience, so disenfranchised, so like suffering to actually have a choir. I was like, well, that's an amazing idea. And then literally a couple hours later, I met this pastor, Chris Nathis downtown, who said, you can use our warehouse church for anything. And it blurted, it came through me. It was like a magical day. I talk about it in interviews because, um, you know, I saw this horrible uh, situation happening that we all see. And I knew that I could bridge. I could use my, my connections or my voice or my resources. And I could, I could explain to the, to the wealthy, unknowing, you know, um, politician or you know upset business owner I could kind of connect the person in the tent to an understanding I could get and anyways so I, I prayed and I I don't always do this but I dropped to my knees in my bedroom around this time and I said hey God you know whatever you call God there's like hey God um just so you know I see what's happening and I'm just want you to know that I'm here I'm here to be to be your um yours your instrument like whatever you want to do I'm yours and God was all, are you sure? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's going to be hard. Yeah. And I was, you know, so like, yes, I don't. And I even said I was willing to die for it. I felt in my soul I was ready to die for it, which when we met, and I'm jumping around, but when we met, you met me at one of my sickest moments because uh, in building anything, um, you tend to give every piece of yourself when you really feel it, right? You do all the aspects of building a business and organization and mission. And I didn't have self-care down. And mm -hmm. I also was sacrificing so much of my own um, needs to help many, many people in crisis that it would make me sick every year. Either my body would break down, my mind would break down. And then when, when, when we met, my body was breaking down and I was really sick with, I think, COVID before COVID hit, actually. 
Oh, well, that no, that was bronchitis. I think you, you'd had months and months of like bronchitis. Right, but I had all the symptoms now that like, I lost my sense of taste and smell. I was in and out of the hospital. I was, I was um, on and off bed rest for like about seven months. And so okay. when we went and, went and did AGT, you know, America's I actually got talent. As America's AGT. got talent. Um, I, I actually went in a wheelchair to one of those, to, to the last taping. I was like really sick. My body was done. And okay. so at the end of all that, um, I actually ended up having like a mental breakdown where I just like lost it. And I was just really depressed. Everything went really dark. So then I had to, I had to pull away and I had to learn self-care. I had to learn this piece that I hadn't really mastered yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you gave me so many good nuggets. That's why I'm talking <laughs> to you today because I, I'll text you every once in a while and I'll like say the little nuggets of info you gave me and, and how you, um, just coached me and helped me and, and gave me just really piece, nice pieces of, of, of wise things to try and, and add to my life. And it helped a lot. And so I'm a, I'm a different version of me now. Oh sure. my goodness. I, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because a big part of what um, I'm passionate about is caring for the caregiver. How do we help the people who are trying to take care of others sustain themselves Mm-hmm. And and plan for the longer journey of being able to help without depleting themselves. Because it's true, when we met, you you could barely leave the bedroom. You were wearing, you know, your <laughs> bathrobe, and we had we had just met through mutual friends. And I was in your house, and I was like, "Hey, you know, you were like upset that you you're you weren't in the condition physically that you were used to being in, and it just you were super discouraged." And and then this whole big um, audition was coming up that you were going like where you were and what you were trying to accomplish by a certain date was looking very, very stressful. And one of the things I wanted us to do, and it seemed like it worked is I was like, let's come up with three exercises that you can do right now. And in bed, where where are you? You're in bed. Let's go, let's go there. And let's figure out one or two exercises that you can do where you are. And then we got on your floor. I think we got on your floor and we were like dancing around. So we put some good music on and we were like dancing around while you were like sitting on your floor. (laughs) And I was like, wherever you are, however you are, if you can find something that says, I can at least do this for my body now. And even yeah. though I'm, I'm used to X amount of being an athlete, normally right now, this is what I need to do to get, sustain my fitness while I'm trying to get healthy. Like, so I- well, and, a, and a part of my, um, the thing that I had to figure out was um, I kept pushing myself. I'd get a little bit better and then I'd keep pushing myself because I come from a let's do it, let's move this mountain, let's build this thing, let's do the unthinkable and the impossible. And I was not in the shape to do that anymore. And it was like, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't, you know, so much was unraveling because I didn't have my strength, my um, energy, um, my mind, you know, like things were really at a, at a, a funky spot for me personally. Mm-hmm. And we were having this huge success. You know, the non, you know, the, the nonprofits growing now we're, we auditioned for America's Got Talent. We ended up getting the golden buzzer for our original song, Sounds of the Sidewalk, which was written out of a, a beautiful workshop of outreach that we do with people living on the street, writing their song, writing their experiences of being homeless. So we did that song for millions of people and millions of people continue to support us through the show. And we made it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, this is a group of people who, 
you know, some were still living on the street. Some people were in low-income housing. Some people were living out of their cars still. And here we were in this totally loved on experience, you know, that was so transformative to all of them, but also our nonprofit. It, like it, it put us on the map in a big way. It, it really did. I mean, I, I remember we met right beforehand, right before all that blew up. And we were saying, there was something we were talking about that, that you mentioned as you were getting sort of, you went from like, hoping to have a little exposure to like being like super famous, <laughs> like in one performance, you made this huge leap. And so one of the things we were working on when we were on your bedroom floor and we were like dancing from the floor because you didn't have energy to stand up and dance. And, we and when you say dancing on the floor, I was literally, I could only lay on my back and I was moving my arms like this. Like I call that the I flailing was. bug. I call that the flailing bug. <laughs> It's good for abs and it, it's great for people who are possibly um, prone to vertigo or dizziness because you're not going to fall. You're lying on your back. Like it's actually, it's really good for circulation, for cardio, for people who have um, foot issues and swelling, your feet are often up in the air. Um, yeah, I was glad we could start with that. But one of the ways to give you a bridge between there and where you were going was this idea that you, you mentioned you were able to utilize called like red, yellow, green, yellow, red. We were talking about how to figure out whether or not you have what, what you have available to offer others right now. And so the green zone I was talking about when you're feeling pretty good, you're all right. You're pretty close to whatever functional means for you, um, physical wellness, but also, you know, are you, what you have to offer in your life right now, green zone, you're feeling pretty good. You're all right. Yellow zone. You're like, I I'm not feeling and functioning at my best and I need to be really careful. I have to not take on too many responsibilities, be careful. You know, my circle of concern needs to come in and I need to make sure I'm, I'm caring the most for myself. And then only the group of people I can, I can really afford to expend energy with. You have to be a little more skillful. Yellow zone's kind of analytical, but red zone is the place people don't especially caregivers don't realize I'm the one in the red zone. Red zone is I'm the one who needs help. I can't volunteer to help other people right now, other than an absolute emergency, perhaps. I'm the one who needs care now, and I need to ask for help or receive help to get care now. And so how to decide what you're capable of at any time with the least amount of feeling guilty about it. It, it's sort of a mathematical thing, you know, are you feeling well enough to do the tasks that you're trying to do, or do you need to postpone those or get help or do something else right now and not feel bad, not waste your limited energy, mm -hmm. feeling bad that you're not doing more. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's something that people can, um, anyhow. So you mentioned that, that the, that idea of green, yellow, red was something you were able to refer back to. Well, it was super, I just remember when you told me that and you said, Steph, <laughs> you're like, so you're used to flying a green. You're used right. to like making life happen, right. but you're in a red, you're in crisis, like your body shut down. Mm -hmm. And every time you start to feel a little better, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you go at it like you're in the green, but you're pushing yourself back down into the red. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I don't know, that was some genius, uh, wise words that were, um, dropped in my bedroom that day. Mm. And, um, yeah. I, and, and when you say like, when you're in the yellow, you know, you're not a green, you're not fully functioning, but that that circle of concern comes in 
And I've really gotten better at that. I can tell, I can feel. And also like my, my lovely coworkers, you know, they're also helped me and, and, and seeing when I'm, you know, having maybe a hard day or something's caught, like I'm, you know, you can feel when things start to kind of, oh, I'm not really making the decisions that well anymore. And things are, you know, I need to eat. I need to, I need to push away. I need to go for a walk. I need to do something else like that. I need to not take on things that add to my concern and my stress level. I need to actually like talk to them another day and just focus on my, you know, bringing that circle of concern in. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And I use it all the time and I share it. I share it with people because people do that. People push, you keep pushing and, and life in um, life doesn't really give you the space to so much to, to do that. You know, I mean, if you think pre-pandemic, you had to prove to your employer that you were sick. If you were, if you weren't feeling well, you were like, oh, we need a doctor's note, right? Now the time has like changed. It's like, oh, you have a cold, you're sniffing, like stay away for two weeks. You know what I mean? And, and you don't have to prove it so much. Or maybe now it's, we're talking more about mental health because we're all going through uh, this period of, you know, separation, and isolation and exhaustion from being in this thing we're all in. So um, I feel like conversations have opened up more around care and self-care, even all the way up to like board meetings and presentations. Like I'm talking about, and that's so much about what we do with the choir. That's so much, that's so much of what's working. Stuff's always going on. <laughs> that's like the little reminder that stuff's always going on. You know, there's always somebody having a bad day in the background. You know, that ambulance or fire truck is like, that's the thing about the caregiving. There's always somebody having a hard day and, and the desire to want to hop in and help is always there. And so that, so what you're talking about is the pacing of yourself. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I want to, we, we, we had a conversation after things started to, you started to have all this media attention right after America's Got Talent. And all of a sudden you were, you were like, we had, you were feeling better you were in green or yellow and you were like, we had a kind of a coaching kind of call and you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you, you laid out like five years worth of effort that you were doing like in the next month or two or the next six months and all these offers for things and getting it while it's hot. And, and I was just like, wow. And, and, and then we were talking about how to have longevity for your wellness. And I, I, I suggested something I wanted, I'm not sure how well you implemented it. It looks like you kind of have, but I wanted something to sound kind of radical. I said, okay, so if you're going to go long distance, long term with this long problem that won't be solved, homeless, you know, I mean, unshelteredness and people's, you know, bridging yeah. that is, is going to be a while, right? Mm-hmm. So that we, I said something like, what did I say? It was something like, what if you had five days off per month that were just self-care. And, and I was speaking sort of in code. I mean, any woman here knows what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about yeah. five days a month where you're yes. not caring for anybody else. You're on vacation with your husband or at home under the covers, guilt-free. Or I talked about, is there a way, since you have all this attention and it's going to be a lot, is there a way to pace yourself where you have, I wanted to sound like more than you might actually do. So even if you came up with three or four days in a row, or maybe they were separated, but midweek, one or two days, totally off. Did, did, cause you look great and your organizations mm-hmm. blossomed and you seem to have paced yourself. Terrific. That was like two years ago, more than two years ago. So yeah. 
how have you done that? How have you sustained your wellness? Because you're looking fantastic and your posts about what you're accomplishing are so impressive. Well, um, I, in building the nonprofit, um, did a couple things. I um, ate a lot. <laughs> I stopped working out and then I started drinking again, which I hadn't been drinking for about nine years. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to try this again and see if this is, no, absolutely not. I shouldn't be doing that. But um, that, that all kind of culminated with um, like a weakened immune system and I was overweight and I wasn't, I wasn't, I was like, just um, my, my vessel was, was not in a good spot. So I did a few things. I joined Noom, um, which was really, really helpful. That's like more about the psychology around food um, and it offers you like this insight to your body and hormones and nutrition that was so helpful. And then I kind of had my two besties, my girlfriends, we all kind of started at the same time working out, my friend Mandy and Angelina. Mm -hmm. And we just stayed in touch with each other and supported each other and kept buying cute little workout outfits and just like doing it and just trying and doing it. And, mm -hmm. and um, so as the weight came off, um, my energy came back and also the workouts, right? Like um, I do something now pretty much every day. I do like a lot of HIIT workout um, I hike, I um, paddleboard, I cycle, I do yoga, um, I walk. Um, I just love it, you know? And I know it's, it's my time and it's my sacred time. And um, now I wake up super early, which I used to not, but I get up about 5.30 and I go and I do it. I go and work out and then I have so much energy and I have so much um, like peace and calm during hard times I think when I don't have the peace and I don't feel like so great and it feels rocky I I feel it now I can really feel it really quickly and so I'm like okay I'm you know when you're exhausted and you're working on something and you keep pushing and pushing and then now you start undoing your work mm -hmm. you start second guessing the thing that you've already created you know or like you might start to unravel like you're like oh like throw it all out it's all terrible whatever i i can just even that alone this week i sensed myself doing that and i was like okay i have to push away i have to go for another walk and then come back so my um perspective is different you know so, so taking taking the breaks <clears throat> knowing when you need breaks sooner taking breaks like with less uh, doubt that you deserve it or you should, or yeah. in the long run, you, you just have more, do you have more faith that if the break now is going to give you the better later? Absolutely. Ooh, I should write that down. The break now gives you the better later. I should write that down. You know what, Margo, it's all about quotes. Lately, I've been writing down things that come out of my friend's mouths or my own, where I also wrote down the other day, I didn't get to where I am by staying comfortable. Interesting. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, well, one of the things I want to get your opinion on is is resiliency. So we're talking about it really personally. We're talking about, you know, you and I and your experience and personal resiliency. You have this, you've probably talked with hundreds, if not thousands of people who are going through incredible challenges and especially the unsheltered people who are going through whatever any of us are going through, plus they're unsheltered and dealing with all of that. What have you noticed about the people who get through those hard times, what do they do better than the people who really can't get themselves out of a hard time or they, they can't, what, what, what have you noticed amongst, especially the unsheltered people, <clears throat> what have you noticed the ones that are taking good care of themselves and ready to take a next step and 
heal and get to a better place? What do they do better? I would say that in the homeless community, hope is not really a prevalent kind of vibe. Having hope and having um, a belief that it can change. Without hope, it's it's not just like a, a catchphrase. I mean, if you don't feel hopeful about your future or about yourself, you know, we are what we think. We are what we manifest and um, or we manifest through our thoughts and, and our thinking, you know, and um, it's impossible to think that way when you're being ticketed and attacked at night and you're exhausted and you're suffering. So I think what's, what's really important to state is that we are a group of people with lived experience who understand the situation and we welcome people to just start to be and just be together. And as you're together in a safe space and there's a great R&B soul funk band and you're singing tunes and you're writing your story at, you know, songwriting workshop or you're singing a solo with the choir or you're having a great lunch and you're coming week after week. Now you're seeing, number one, that people are getting off the street. You know, it takes, it takes an unbelievable amount of focus and energy and drive to come from the sidewalk to the ent- the way that ho- homelessness is handled. Mm-hmm. So um, it's complicated. Um, it's not always um, a loving customer service oriented with dignity and dignity, you know what I'm saying, with respect and, and, and how can I really help you? It's um, service providers are um, impacted like tremendously. Everybody's maxed. And um, the normal way to get through that journey is to go into a shelter and in the shelters you know you can't like leave your things you can't like you know so now you're it's not like you're safe from the street you know you're still now you're in a large congregate kind of shelter space and maybe you're more vulnerable because you know you're not hiding somewhere in the community behind um you know bushes or a tree or something so the normal way that you get from the street to housing is you get into some sort of shelter and then into a housing program. And then you, maybe you get a voucher and then you're trying to use it to a place that a, that a landlord will let you move in, that will accept this kind of it. Okay. Every day, every second, every hour of that journey is like riddled with complications and challenges. And if you're afraid and if you've been out there for a long time, um, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to go through that. So we are understanding of that. And we align with people when they're ready, when, they're, when they see for themselves that they deserve it. That's the piece. That's the piece that has to happen. And that doesn't just happen through a program being offered. <laughs> like you have to actually build... Um, that uh, build that back up through example that you are you are deserving, you are uh, capable of your own healing, and um, and we're here to help walk with you and make that a reality. So I'm actually here in the office with um, our fabulous case manager who um, has an incredible story, um, went through his own experiences, lived experience, and he's got this cool, calm vibe, Enrique, and he connects with people. And so when you're talking with somebody, and all of a sudden you realize, well, that person also went through my situation. Now that's peer-to-peer, right? And then from, from, from that relationship, 
you know, um, it's something miraculous happens. People start to feel whole. They start to feel seen. They feel um, they're rebuilding their soul. I mean, you know, through, through, I mean, I feel like on this podcast and this realm, we can talk about maybe shamanic kind of things, but like, you know, things, horrible things that happen to you in life, really horrible things in your childhood or here or there, it like breaks apart your soul, it like fragments you. And then you're, you're, you're disjointed and like not a whole person. And so this is the space for us to talk about how we're really feeling, how to um, really navigate services for people, because that's just pretty much impossible. Like I said, without an advocate, it's, it's pretty impossible to do that. But um, we help people that way and at their, at their speed and when they're ready. Um, and we create that space together. I mean, we really do together. It's not just me or, you know, a couple of us, all of us show up because we all want healing. We all want to feel better and we all want to um, um, be our best version of ourselves, which is cool. Wow. So, so resiliency, some of the things that help people are sustaining, finding, finding ways to sustain, sustain hope through mm -hmm. increased togetherness, mm -hmm. through seeing people in a being seen as an individual and what mm -hmm. you're going through and then being being addressed as a peer and addressed as an equal uh yep. having enough dignity that you feel entitled to wellness yeah. and having enough experiences where you can sort of pull together some of these fragmented parts of your past yes. and 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 weave together um a personality uh, that's 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 ready for the next more joy basically ready for ready a personality that's ready for more joy and I, I knew this was going to be fabulous. I, I'm trying to keep the podcast about half an hour. I knew this was going to be absolutely <laughs> incredible, but I kind of, I don't know if I have time to mention this, but today it was really, it's not just unsheltered people that are struggling. Um, so, so for example, today, and we have to keep out, keep an eye out for each other, especially these past couple of years have been really hard and we don't know what the next couple of years are going to be like. But I, I was watching one of my friends on Facebook posting things. He's like, well, I don't want to wake up in the morning. He's saying all these things that are super concerning. I don't want to wake up any in the morning. I want to just go somewhere and disappear. I want to, you know, and I'm like, okay, I need to go talk to this person because, you know, that's to me that as a person who's lost loved ones to suicide, or um, unintentional suicide through neglect and dangerous activities, things like that, I'm like all my little red flags were like, ding, ding, ding. So I tried to connect with him today and he's talking about the things that are hard and he has a job. It's, he has a job, but it's hard. He has a body, but it's got pain. He's, he's not, anyhow, I mean, people can be struggling deeply, deeply. Um, and I sent him, I tried to just stabilize him, you know, try to let him know how grateful we were that people, his friends on Facebook, that he'd said how he was feeling um, contacting him one-on-one, -on -one. but ultimately one of the things I did, because he does currently have a job, he does currently have a home, and I did, it, you're always taking a risk. When you talk to someone who's struggling, you always take a risk, because if you say something wrong or it doesn't land right, you might make them worse. You might, it's just hard to know what to say, so that's why a lot of people don't talk to people who are struggling, because it is really hard to know what to say, and you want to get something right that helps them feel loved and supported, and, and there's a lot of ways to mess up. There's a lot of ways to say something wrong, 
So I wasn't sure how this was going to land, but I sent him, I said, oh, I'm about to talk to Steph Johnson. And I sent him the video clip that I hope everybody sees. I'm going to put it in the show notes here of, of your homeless choir on stage at every single age person, every single race person. It's a complete mixture of everybody. You would never think that all those people have this in common. And they're on the stage singing the song they wrote. And then like every, it's a sob fest when they win this award. It's just it was so uplifting. And these are people who at the moment have probably some of the challenges similar to his, and they were trying to figure out where they were going to live. So I didn't mean to, anyhow, I just thought maybe it'd be super uplifting to him. And I hope it landed that way. But um, do, do we know yet how it landed? Does he, has he seen it? I, I think he, I think he did see it. And I, okay, you know, I don't want to, I, I, uh, sometimes you just try your best. You just throw your best out there. And, and today, when I was talking to someone whose wellness was really of concern to me, the best was throwing out <laughs> access to you and access to how you've inspired people and access to people singing and laughing and hugging each other and crying at the success of what they accomplished because this woman showed up with a guitar at the homeless, at the unsheltered encampment yeah and said hey I bet we're all going to know these songs and started singing with everybody like I just well you know too the uh flow of voices was very much like how can I help what do I have to offer I'm a musician and I know how to throw a party and I know how to make some, <laughs> and I know how to make some great food and I know how to I know how to put it all together and, and roll out the red carpet and really see the individual and welcome them. And that attracted more people like that. And then more people like that. And then more people came in for choir. More people came in for healing. Now it's like not just people living on the street or in their cars or in shelters. It's people now living in low-income housing in the neighborhood who, you know, still live on such a tight, tight, tight budget and, you know, are so close to homelessness still, Right. And then there's people who come like you, Margo, that are like, hey, I, I, I want to hold a songbook with my fellow unsheltered neighbor because we are the same. This could happen to me. And yeah. so all that like lifts each other and feels um, it, it, sometimes people say, oh, the homeless choir. And it's not quite accurate. Not everybody in the choir is is unsheltered, but most everybody has had an experience with it and some version of it. Maybe they've you know, recovered from that 20 years ago, but how we recover is together and how we are going to heal is through art. And when you are in a hospital, if you have a little breakdown, <laughs> you're going to be in groups in group therapy, and you will be having periods of working on art. This is like basic, like always there and not really talked about, you know, it's not really honored and valued in, in our world, what art does. And so we're using music as the medium to rebuild, to rebuild the self, you know? So I'm, I'm so happy I could talk to you. And yeah, we could talk for a long, there's a lot of things. to <laughs> Well, let's, let's get together for another talk um, and maybe in person, God willing, the way things uh, could be changing and everything about what you do will be linked in the show notes. And I'll be really happy to share it with anyone who, who passes the pathway of where I'm, you know, any, anyone I have outreached to. And uh, I just want to thank you for everything you do. And thank you for taking care of yourself so well that you can do it, you know, do it and, and enjoy it. The, the joy of wellness. It's so much, it's so much more fun to feel good. <laughs> so part of the self-care is that it's, it's so much more fun. Feeling good is so much more fun. 
And the choir is doing so much better, not just the organization, but the people in the choir, because Mm -hmm. they're seeing from me by example, that by putting myself first, it is not something to be ashamed of or think that is selfish or out, out of the question. If we don't do those things, like if I were to continue on with the mission, sacrificing my life, I'm willing to die for it. My therapist goes, well, Steph, if you die, how can you keep the mission going, right? So this is a very, very important piece. And I'm just so grateful to you, Margo, for um, showing up in my house that, that, that period of my life and being my friend and being a part of the journey the last couple of years have been really something. So thank you so much for what you do. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Steph. And here's to the next couple of years. And um, oh, we're going to do it. All righty. Best wishes to you. And we will follow up very soon. All right. Thank you. Take care.